On this episode of the Field Quiver Outdoors podcast, I'm joined by Ironman Outdoors Pro Staff, Ed Rigsby. Ed attended his first Ironman Outdoors retreat in 2013, and within the next year was pursuing volunteer opportunities with the organization. Since then, Ed has progressed to become one of Ironman Outdoors Pro Staff and has led about a half a dozen retreats. He also has one coming up in just a few weeks and another currently in the planning stages for spring of 2024. Ed's ability and willingness to share how God convicted him and worked in his life has allowed him to guide and counsel men on the retreats he's led who have faced similar challenges in their lives. I hope you're ready to fill your quiver with God in the great outdoors because it's time to hit the trail. Thanks for joining me for episode six of the Field Quiver Outdoors podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you go ahead and follow, subscribe, and turn on notifications so that you know whenever we have new content and new episodes drop. If you're enjoying the show, make sure you leave us a review and and share the episode and the show itself with some friends. If you're interested in supporting us, then the number one way that I would love for you to support me is through prayer. Prayer for myself, prayer for the show. But if you're looking for other ways to support us, uh, the easiest way to do it is just to leave us reviews and, again, share share the show with your friends. But if you're looking to support us in other ways, you can go to our website, fieldquiveroutdoors.com, and buy some swag, and that money will go into the show and help me upgrade the video quality, which that leads to just a few things about this episode. As I mentioned in the last episode, this is the first foray for me into the video podcast. So when I interviewed my guest, Mr. Ed Rigsby, we interview, did the interview and the video quality is, is definitely not the best in the world, but it was the best that I could do at the time with what we had available as far as uh, locations to do the interview. As you can see, it's still not the best in the world with the shadows and all, but we're working on it, uh, working on getting the studio set up to make it look better. But the looks of it aren't important. The important part is the message in our conversation, what we talk about in the conversation and how Ed and Ironman Outdoors work to share the gospel and share Christ with other men through the retreats that they lead. Thanks for joining me. Uh, I appreciate you being willing to do this and work with me. I know we've kind of been back and forth on the phone, having to reschedule some, but uh, I'm glad that you're finally here and we're sitting down face to face. It's my pleasure. So uh, before we get into Ironman Outdoors itself, uh, let's know a little bit about uh, you and and your role specifically with Ironman Outdoors. In Ironman Outdoors, we have really two categories of people that work, a field staff or a pro staff. Uh, We start out at at a field staff, and that's just helping, getting involved, being consistent uh, in, in just being part of ministry. And then as you get more involved with it, if you want to take a larger role on, 
then you, you, you can ask and say, hey, I'd like to do a little bit more. And then they'll, okay, the next step will be pro staff. And the pro staff guys are the ones that lead retreats or organize retreats, kind of handle the, the ins and outs of getting everybody there, what to do, lead the retreat itself, uh, do the discussion times. Okay. So that's, that's kind of a... Okay. And you guys started with Ironman Outdoors. Uh, how, how long ago? How long have you been working with Ironman Outdoors? Started, uh, I attended my first retreat just as a guest in 2013. And then in 2014, uh, I saw, I wanted to do another, wanted to do another hunt. And I saw how effective the ministry side of it was. And so I, I asked uh, the founder of it, hey, what can I, how can I be involved? How can I contribute? And so that's how it kind of. Okay. All right. And uh, <clears throat> I apologize. Still getting over over this cough. Uh, finally figured out what it was. Got me on some some medication for it. So hopefully by the next episode it'll be gone. But um, so how many how many retreats have you led up to this point? As it's a, been six or seven. I start. I got promoted to to a pro staff level about four or five years ago. Um, I've been in at nine, but uh, went for about four years of just being, uh, just helping, going on work days, uh, cooking, being a, a chef or transportation person, you know, getting people into their deer stands and out. And uh, but then, so I've been doing the, the the pro staff for about five years. Okay, all right. And I know we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more here in, in a little bit, but uh, I know you mentioned to me that you've got, is it? one or two that you've got coming up that you're we've got one one set for in just a couple of weeks in alabama and then we'll i'll do another one probably later in the spring it's not on the books yet because we haven't determined the dates okay but i'll probably be involved in that one okay and maybe in march okay yeah we'll talk some more about about the actual retreats and, and things like that here shortly but um we'll go ahead and move on into now the the ironman outdoors just Tell us about Ironman Outdoors, how, how it got started, what its mission is. Ironman Outdoors started in 2002. Uh, a, a, the founder of it, Patrick Tyndall, at, the, at his churches, where where would the men? Where You go to Sunday school or go to church, and the wives and the kids would be there, but where are the husbands? And they're off in the woods or on a boat, and why are they not here? And uh, so it was kind of a, a concerted effort to say, let's do something where we can reach this group of people to say, hey, your family's there, you can be there too. And uh, so that's kind of how it got started was an effort to try to get those men that were, their families were there, but they were not. Okay. (coughs) And so the focus became on, or it turned into how to get them there, and then it led to the creation and inception of having these retreats. Yeah, it started out as a, a fishing right? retreat. Uh, okay. They they did a, 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 a just a fishing retreat where they invited four or five guys. I don't think it was a, a lot of them, and it just evolved into hey, okay, we had some success there. There's somebody who wants to let us use some land down in Columbia. Man, we did a they did an, a, a hunting retreat there, and they stayed in some just a little hotel or something, and then it, that took off, and that that seemed to be working. Uh, they were reaching men, and so it's just evolved into now this pretty large ministry that they've got going okay yeah and you you mentioned columbia so iron man outdoors is based out of south carolina correct yes sir okay and um which that's probably how it's so easy for us to talk about it because we're both also from south carolina uh but 
as we're talking earlier before I, I started recording, I'd actually never heard of Ironman Outdoors uh, and, until the person that uh, directed me to, to you as uh, a good guest um, told me that, you know, hey, I, I know uh, a guy that you should get in touch with named Ed. He, he does Ironman Outdoors. My background uh, from coming from triathlons, Ironman Outdoors, that's, I mean, okay. So I looked it up and found out it was completely wrong thing uh, from what I was thinking anyway. But um, going through the website, it, it's uh, and the Facebook page, it's, it's very interesting to me. And I, I like the concept of it and the setup of it. The structure looks great. Um, <clears throat> but it's, I guess let's go into the specifics of the retreats because that's where the witnessing comes in with the men, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and before we get into how that works, uh, let's talk about the retreats themselves, what they are. Um, I know it. they're uh, on the website. It says that they're hunting and hunting and fishing retreats. Yeah, hunting and fishing. Primarily, we do more in the hunting. That's just where men we find that the guys are more interested in. We do a couple fishing retreats down towards Jacksonville, Florida, or over have done so over towards Tallahassee on the other coast. Okay. Uh, we still do one or two of those a year, um, but <laughs> primarily it is hunting. Okay. All right. So. Um, Right now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this number, uh, Ironman Outdoors uh, host retreats in 12 states. Is that right? Yeah, we have, we've we been involved in 12 different states. We have land leases in uh, South Carolina, Alabama, Kentucky, Ohio, uh, that we do multiple retreats on in a year. We okay. do get guests that say, hey, man, I had a blast last year why don't you come out to my place out in Texas or out in Colorado? So we might okay. do a one-time thing there. Right. Uh, we do Illinois. We have a goose hunt there. So it's just, it's just proceeded to go. You get people to say, man, I had such a great time. You that really changed my life. I've got, I know this person and they would love to let people, somebody come out and do it. Okay. Uh, so that's just kind of how it's evolved. I got you. And I know as of today, well, as of our recording date, uh, I was looking on the website, and unless something has changed since earlier, uh, there are currently uh, 20 retreats listed from, well, from the release date of this episode. Uh, there are 20 retreats listed from now into February of 2024, um, and this is this is more for the listeners, uh, but. As of now, there are 11 of these 20 are already full. That's over 50% full of, of what the options are. Uh, as of now, as you mentioned, the fishing is usually more towards the summer. Yeah, late yeah. spring, early summer. Um, so right now, everything that's up going, going into February is all hunting. Um, right now, uh, there's, and you actually mentioned the Illinois goose hunt. Uh, that's the only, only goose hunt, only waterfowl hunt. Uh, all the others are for either deer, deer, hog, combo. Right. Um, and they are in uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Kentucky, and Ohio. Um, which, uh, I guess these are the states that are probably where y'all normally have the hunts. Yeah, it's, it's the predominant is those those states there. 
Okay. And I know you mentioned earlier uh, when you're talking about uh, your your role as a pro staff. Uh, it's is the pro staff that really organizes and puts together the retreats. Is yeah. that correct? We'll get the list of the attendees that want to come on a particular date, and then it's up to us to try to say, oh, hey, be consistently giving them emails, updating them on you need to provide yourself this, you need to get your hunting license by this date, or we're gonna we're gonna meet at such and such time. Uh, we organize, okay, we get guys that help, but who's gonna cook on Thursday night, who's gonna cook on Friday night, organize any meals. We try to contact the guests and say, do you have any eating <coughs> limitations? Are you allergic to this or that? Is there some, something special with your diet that we need to try to uh, provide for you? Right. Uh, those things. And then the, the pro staff guy will usually lead the retreats, kind of organize, hey, we're leaving the, the cabin at, at 5.15 in the morning, be out here at 5.10. And we're going to say, we're going to have prayer, and then we're going to go hit, get in the trucks and go. Uh, okay, we're going to come back, or we're going to provide lunch at this time. You just kind of handle the schedule and keep everybody on track because it's it's easy for everybody to want to sit and talk and right. fellowship and talk about this yeah. beer or about that this event, but we got to try to keep them on a schedule. I got you. All right. And uh, I guess this moves into <coughs> – excuse me again. Uh, this moves into the, the next question. Uh, which is really the the meat of the matter and, and the whole premise behind Ironman out, Outdoors, which are uh, the times of fellowship and discussion where where the witnessing opportunities can arise. Uh, and you guys refer to this on the website as manhood discussions. Yeah, manhood discussions are really an authentic, genuine conversation with, with the guests. We meet in, in a room all together. Uh, it's not a mandatory thing that we, you have to talk if you can, if you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do find that guys will, in these remote settings, we get guys that open up a lot. Uh, a manhood discussion is basically the premise of, it, of the foundation of it. You can be an outdoorsman. There's nothing wrong with that. God made you that way, but you can be a godly dad or you can be a godly husband a godly businessman, where do we, where as men, where are we missing the mark? Where do we fall short? And then try to, try to help them with certain areas. Hey, if it's, if it's alcohol, let's do this. Or, and then we try to meet with them one-on-one if we can and, and go a little bit deeper with them. Uh, but the discussions are basically to get them to open up and develop enough a relationship with them that they can begin to tell you where their struggles are. And then we can go from there and say, okay, Let's try to we, let's see if we can help fix this. Or let's, let's here's some safeguards you need to put in your life. Here is this uh, or that 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 will help. Maybe it can help you. And it's just amazing how one guy talks about this, and the guy across the room says, "Oh yeah, I can associate with that." And so it's it's more discussion instead of open your Bible to this scripture and we're going to study this passage. It's okay. more uh, pertaining to as guys where are we missing it. Okay. And so now with the topics with that, is it just kind of uh, as as you get together, it's just what whatever's brought up is what you discuss? Or do you go into it with the intent of thinking, hey, maybe this is, let's start talking about this. And then if it moves to, to a different topic, we, we can do that. Or is it, how how do you, how do you end up on the topics that you guys talk about? Uh, Patrick has developed a list of uh, maybe 12, 15 topics that, that are uh, open for discussion, but uh, 
usually we try to, if we can get the the ages of the guys that are going to be coming, we can mm-hmm. know, okay, this is a younger group. They're going to be more associated with being dads. Uh, or this is an older group. You know, they're in the coming up on the senior part of life and, you know, maybe they're wanting this adventure and they're just leaving their wives or they're not, they're just more focused on this outdoor event and, and they let their marriage slip or it's, uh, I'm just consumed with work and they just so caught up in it that that's, they just want to get out and have this, this hunt to get away from everything. Okay. But we're, you're leaving something else behind that you should be doing maybe. And so it's kind of, uh, I usually pick out, we, have about three nights that we do the discussion stuff. So I'll pick out three different topics. Usually the ones I pick out are, are ones that maybe and when I was a younger man, I had troubles with that, that maybe I've, I've grown through some things now and I can, I can understand maybe where somebody's coming from better than, mm-hmm. than just uh, someone who's never experienced it. Uh, okay. And talking about the way that you, you pick, depending on who the audience is going to be for, for the particular retreat, um, I noticed that one of their treats is coming up is a father-son retreat. What what type of topics would would be covered on on that type of retreat? The one of the things they do is they'll try to get the sons to talk about their dads. What what is a what's one good thing or one bad thing that you like about your dad? Okay. Uh, and then we'll also talk to the dads to say, hey, where do you what can you do better as a dad? to draw your son with you and to be your friend, your buddy, or, or things like that. But uh, So the father-son ones, are, they're really unique, and it's difficult to keep the attention of kids sometimes when they're out in this world, right. this outdoor world with a bunch of men. Uh, so, so I've not done one of those father-son retreats yet, but uh, that's kind of how we would look at that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so... Now, in regard to the manhood discussions, you, you mentioned that there are uh, multiple different topics, uh, a variety of topics that, that you guys have that you can kind of go through and depending on uh, uh, the different uh, demographics of a group, what might be more appropriate for another. I would imagine also that uh, different pro staff have – more direct personal relationship with some of these different topics also uh, as far as a personal history with any of these particular topics. Well, would you say that any of the topics are more uh, in line uh, and relatable for you from, from your history and your background? If so, what, what would it be? And if you don't mind, just, just kind of share, share the story about that. I think with it, where I feel more comfortable doing or, what I think is a, a good topic for me is the husband-wife relationship. We can be outdoorsmen. We can be good outdoorsmen. We can be hunters. But we can be godly husbands, and God wants us to be that. Uh, there was areas in my first marriage that, that I failed at. Um, <clears throat> and then at one time, God challenged me to, as a husband, what does it mean to love my wife like Christ loved the church? Um and, and I kept hearing this on the radio all, you know, day after day. I heard it three times in two days. And it was like, okay, God was getting my attention. And so I, and after I lost my first wife, uh, a few months later, I, I started going through, or before she got sick, excuse me, she, I started going through this, how to do that. What does it look like? And so when I started loving her the way I should, my marriage got better. Uh, 
I was faced with, are you going to love her when she has no hair? Um, are you going to face, are you going to love her when she can't do this or that? She can't function. She can't cook or clean when you have to do it all. Are you just going to love her for who she is and without, without any concern about what she can't do or a fault that she may have? And as I went through that journey, uh, my marriage got better when I started doing it right. When I started doing it God's way, that's when my marriage was great, was at the end when she would just lean up against my shoulder, we'd sit on the couch, maybe watch a movie or something on TV, and we would just talk and I would rub her bald head and she would say, oh, you don't know how good that feels. And the, the joy that was there in just loving her the way God wants to, God loves us. And that's, that's what he wanted me to do. So my marriage got best when I started doing that. And I found that within, within the Ironman group, that's maybe where I connect better with guys is that area of marriage, uh, a practical loving her the way I'm supposed to. Um, it, it is such a joy when I see a man that, that comes on a retreat that says, when I go home, I'm not going home. I'm, I'm done with marriage. And then we talk to them a little bit, maybe some one-on-one -on -one conversations. And we point out that, that God never says, you know, Ed, I'm, I'm done with you. Uh, you've got this fault and I'm just not feeling it anymore. And, I, you know, I'm going to move on from, somebody, from, from you and I'm going to go find somebody else. God does not do that to us. And that is one of the ways that Christ loves, loves the church is that he doesn't give up on us. He doesn't quit. And that's what he wants in marriage. He doesn't want us to quit. Um, and so I find that as a, a, just a, a, a real avenue to be able to talk with guys about, man, cause I remember when my marriage was in a tough spot and I decided not to quit. Uh, I had the opportunity to quit. I said, no, I'm not going to quit. And then we just, as we proceeded in marriage, it just got better and better as when I started doing what I was supposed to do. Okay. And <clears throat> Uh, I know that God has God provided for you uh, after your your first wife passed. Your yeah. your he he provided you with was yes. Uh, I actually met a lady who used to go to our church years ago. Uh, my first wife and her actually used to sing together a little bit. Um, someone that I I had known known her family. Her kids were in youth group with with when my kids and uh, she had had moved away for a little bit and she came back and we started talking and. She was taking care of a person. She was a caregiver for a friend of hers. And we just got talking about being caregivers. And then we went out for coffee and then just to, just to kind of get away from it and, and talk. And it, it just blossomed into something that um, even though I lost my first wife, God in his goodness and his graciousness says, I've got someone else that you can be with. And so we dated for in, in a godly manner. And we dated for four or five years until I felt like it was the timing was right. And, and so God has not left me alone by myself. My kids are all grown, but I, I, I used to not would tell God, I don't want to be old and alone. And so God has provided and his goodness is just amazing to me that he would take someone like Ed Rigsby and say, you know what? I understand what you're going through, I feel for you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of that. I'm gonna give you someone else that you can love. Uh, it, it is different uh, than the first wife, but um, God is awfully good. 
I got you. And so <clears throat> anyone who's listening that that's already possibly prior to listening uh, was considering going on one of the Iron Man retreats. Uh, but now that they've they've heard your story uh, and maybe they can relate, they're in a similar place and they're thinking, hey, I'd kind of like to go on a on a retreat that, that Ed is organizing it or leading um, because I, I think that I, I could benefit from picking his brain and talking to him about his story and learning more about him. Uh, how what would be the easiest way for somebody to go about doing that, finding one that you're leading? Go on to the website. We list the different hunt dates and the locations. And if you can scroll down to the bottom, usually it's on the last page, and it'll have the person who's leading that retreat. It'll have their name and their phone number and I think the email address. Okay. Uh, we use that as a way to, to communicate with guests. Um, so you can see which ones that I'm doing or which one Patrick or whoever pro staff is doing. And uh, we, we, it is such a joy to talk about that. Um, it's just personal life. It's just what, what I went through, what other men are going through. And it's such a joy when you hear somebody say, man, I'm not going to quit. I'm about to divorce my wife. But at the end of the retreat, he, he would tell me, I have a dinner date with my wife when I get back and I'm not going to quit. And that just is so excites me so much. Uh, so you can see the different guys who are leading retreats through the website. You just look okay. at that particular retreat, yeah. scroll down to the bottom. It'll tell you who's, who's leading that one. Like we said, that's, that's the important part of these retreats. Um, at least from everything I've seen on the website, that is if there was not the, manhood discussions, then it would just be a group of guys going out on a hunting trip. Yeah. Um, now, as far as folks who want to look into going on one of these retreats with Ironman Outdoors, uh, they can register through the website. Yep. Uh, and um, now let's talk about that a little bit. Um, as far as uh, these retreats, um, I know some some of the audience might be wanting to know, well, what what type of lodging is it? Because you mentioned people will like lease land, be like a one one off type thing on somebody's property uh, in, in we'll just say Texas, um, or even here in South Carolina. And I, I went ahead and looked at some of the trees. So I already know the answer for the most part. But what I'm curious about is. Is it typically the same type of lodging? Like, is it an actual, like, four walls and a roof? Or are there ever any, like, camping retreats? Or what, how it's, does the lodging typically work? It's generally a cabin or a camp. Uh, in one of the tracts of land we have in Alabama, It's we're staying at a state park that have these little small cabins in it. Uh, in Kentucky, we have a cabin that's there uh, that's real close <coughs> to the properties that within 15 to 20 minute ride of where we're going to hunt. Okay. Uh, the other track of, of land in Alabama, we have a, a house cabin type thing that we've added onto. Uh, and we use that as it's right there on the property or right next to it. Okay. So, but we do, we do have some, sometimes some trips that, Hey, we're going to stay at a hotel. Like there's okay. not a place there, but we're going to put you up somewhere. Okay. I got you. 
And uh, so that kind of leads into the next question, which is uh, cost. Everybody's wanting to know what does one of these retreats cost? Um, Typically between like four, $425 to 1100 is okay. about the range. That depends on those tracts of land and the lease amounts that we have to pay to lease. Okay. Ohio and Kentucky are the highest because that's a very large deer population up there. Right. Uh, so a lot of big deer. So the land leases kind of dictate what we have to get to cover our expenses. Okay. Yeah. And just for, for reference, um, I think the lowest one currently listed uh, is the 425 and the most expensive one is the 1100. Um and I don't remember where the $1,100 one was, but I think the 425 one was actually here in South Carolina. Um, yeah, the White Oak, uh, yeah. South Carolina, just okay. down above Columbia right. and near Winsboro. Uh, the land lease is, is not as expensive. It is uh, a deer hog retreat in the fall, right. but then we may extend it into the springtime when it's just hogs only. Okay. And so that you get a little bit, those sometimes take a little longer to fill up. Right. Uh, so it's not something that we think we can charge an extreme amount. It's just it's enough to cover the land leases and our exactly. expenses of where we're staying. I got you. And uh, so now that we know what they cost, what what is included in in this cost? The your transportation you pay to get up there. You pay for your hunting license, but we will provide all your lodging, your food, um, transportation to and from the cabins. We will help you get deer in and out. Um, uh, take it, help you take it to a processor if that's what you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, we provide all, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner type stuff. Okay. All right. And I know on the few, uh, few of the retreats that I went into and read through this, the slideshow uh, describing about the particular retreat, um, it mentioned that these are actually, you will be taken to your stand um, by the guide mm -hmm. or by one of the pro staff and they'll come and pick you up at the end of the hunt. Um, so now that we've talked about what is included, you've already mentioned transportation licenses are not included. Um, obviously, you, if, if you're wanting to participate, you would need to bring your own weapon. Um, and uh, I guess as far as the retreats go for guys that might be interested, they would obviously have to look into what the different laws are based on the state and the time yes. that the retreat is. Um, but on the website within the retreat, is it typically uh, – mostly clarified as far as what weapon they can use, whether it's a primitive archery uh, yes. rifle. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll define on those retreat, on those retreats, certain ones from Ohio or Kentucky from these days to this date, this is bow only. Okay. Uh, we do one in Kentucky. It's the last two days of bow and then the first two days of muzzleloader. Okay. So you need, you know, bring both. Okay. But when you do the Kentucky, the, the black powder, you need to be wearing orange, but right. for the bow, you don't have to. So we okay. try to clarify and give okay. them good direction on what they need. I got you. And uh, so now as far as, <coughs> so as far as someone going on to the website and actually registering, um, I did not go through that process. I've never been on one of the retreats. Uh, now I did notice that on the retreats, there are two options. There is a half pay and a full pay. Um, and it, it seemed like, and I may have been looking at it wrong, but some of them still had full pay slots open, but all of the half pay slots were closed, were full. Um, 
do they do that differently? No, half, half pay is just someone has put the 50% down, the deposit okay. down. We okay. have a whole slot that's open that's not been, no deposits made. Okay. So then gotcha. it, we also have spreadsheets for the the pro staff guys that say, hey, you've got these 10 guys coming. Mm -hmm. Three of them haven't paid the full amount yet. You need to okay. try to get with them and make sure that they get you the remaining balance. So okay. half pay is just someone, the slot has been reserved because they put 50% down. Okay. Or this guy went ahead and I just paid everything all up front and it's done. So we, we know okay. that that guy's fully paid. Okay. So if there were, if somebody was wanting to put a deposit down, but it was only showing full pay available just could they just send an email or give give a phone make a phone call and and see if there would even be an option at that point to just do the deposit and then pay it off later yeah. or is that usually just switch over when it's pretty much right at time for the yes. treat to come up and it's it's like you know it's it's a week down the road two weeks down the road can't really do half pay now and the rest of it in a day and a half just correct okay they it's just Typically for us, the Ironman guys to know, okay, I need to keep track of, hey, these three guys haven't paid yet. I need to send them emails and stuff and say, hey, okay. you, you're, you haven't paid yet. Uh, we know that this this one spot has been fully paid for. This one's half. Are you having troubles or do you need to back out? And do we need to go back and make that, you know, give you your money back? Something happened, you lost your job or whatever. Uh, so, But it's just basic and who's paid the deposit and how many slots are still open. Okay. All right. And then uh, I guess my last question about the retreats and the registrations are what what is probably an average number of men that are allowed to go on the retreats or, or does that that vary based on where it is and the lease and, and accommodations? Accommodations and the leases. Uh, how, what farms are we going to hunt this time? Uh, we're going to hunt these five farms over here in Kentucky or we're going to go to these three properties and primarily focus over here. Most of the time it's between 10 and 12, 10 to 12, 13 people, okay. and then three Ironman people that are involved in it. Okay. All right. So it's still a pretty, pretty small um, group yes. for people to be comfortable talking mm -hmm. during, during the manhood discussions. Right. Okay. If it gets too large, a lot of guys just want to back up and they, right. I, I'm just going to sit here and be quiet. I got you. I got you. Um, <clears throat> well, now that we've talked about Ironman Outdoors, um, there, there were a few things that I wanted to ask you about as far as supporting Ironman Outdoors, getting involved in Ironman Outdoors. But, but first, um, let's talk about the ways that people can get directly involved. And you already mentioned that earlier when you were explaining your background. But for somebody just wanting to look into uh, getting involved and helping directly, like being a volunteer, being a field staff, pro staff, how would somebody go about doing that? They want to contact Patrick Tyndall uh, and okay. say, "Hey, I have, I'm interested," and he may say, "Okay, what, what do you like? Do you, do you like the deer hunting, or do you like the fishing?" Or he'll try to get with you and talk and discuss. What do you like? What do you prefer? This is what we need. Do you, do you see yourself fitting in to say, "I can do that," or "I can, I can provide a tractor for do a food plot," or "I've got, I've got two chainsaws I can bring and we can cut limbs." Or I have got carpentry skills and we can work on the cabin. Uh, what what can you, what do you feel like you can contribute? And then how can we plug you in? Where would be the best to put you? 
Okay. And they can do that. Uh, his email is on the website, yep. I believe, um, sure which I'll, I'll have in the notes section of, of this episode. Uh, we'll have the Ironman Outdoors website linked uh, where people can go directly to it. Um, and uh, I'll actually touch base with him and, and uh, see about including his, his email there and okay. in the notes as well. But uh, outside of a direct involvement, uh, being physically present to help in some way. Uh, what what are some other ways to support Ironman Outdoors? And and we'll start with this one um, because this is the one that that I always ask for the most support with this show and with everything else is prayer. Is there any specific way that listeners can pray for Ironman Outdoors? Primarily, in, in prayer is just as we do the, re- the retreats. We have a, a prayer team or a group of guys that say they send out to all the rest of the Ironman guys. We're having a retreat here going on. These are the guests. Just pray that, that God will use that retreat to reach these men's hearts. Uh, and so that's kind of primarily the, the prayer request. Part of it is safety as we, as we take them out. Or they've got guns and bows and you know, so for safety, but then also, Lord, can make it effective, make it reach these guys, make it reach this group of men that you've put together. Uh, so praying is, is uh, that's, that's the avenue of prayer or Lord, give them the finances. Or is there someone out there who has some land they'd like to let us use that, you know, we, we've got a, a, an older lady in, in Kentucky went to one of the churches of one of the Ironman guys there and she heard him talking about it, and she's like, well, that sounds really neat. I've got this farm over there. They've got this 300 acres over here. Mm-hmm. And she just voluntarily decided, well, why don't you let him come on over here? These deer are eating my soybeans. And so she volunteered to let for us to use her land. Okay. They do. You can you can tri- contribute financially. It is strictly volunteer stuff. Uh, donate right. materials for shooting houses or things like that. Okay. And uh, as far as donating financially, they can they can do that by going through the website um, and uh, either making a I guess they can link up with Patrick and he yes. can tell them how to do a direct donation. Um, there, are, there are directions on the website. Okay. If you're just giving a gift, then right. you can go through this area of the website okay. and do that. Okay. And but if you're say if you have the land or an item that you think might be beneficial, like with material lumber material uh to build stands or blinds whatnot probably would be best suited to shoot patrick an email like yes. hey i have this could you use it yes um and and what's the best way for me to get it to you patrick there's a board uh, a board members group that so patrick will get these if someone presents an item or something right. then they'll they'll bring it together and say okay hey this person over in alabama has offered to let us use this what do you think about it and so they'll usually get the uh, Patrick and the board members will get together and talk about what it is and how can, okay. can we use that? Or is that, do we think that's safe? Do we think that's good or wise? And okay. then they'll go with it. Okay. And then another way that, that, that folks that are listening that might want to support is on the website, there's a store with Iron Man branded merchandise also. Uh, they could order, order a t-shirt or a hat yes. and then the proceeds from that, gets pumped back into the program, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and outside of that, um, I mean, it, it sounds like a great, great program, great ministry uh, that's continuing to go strong uh, all these years and just, just getting bigger. 
Um, <clears throat> but I, I know I would like to hear a little bit more um, about your personal testimony. I'm sure some of the listeners, uh, to, to whatever level you're comfortable, given, given your testimony and, and how you came to know Christ. I guess say when I was 12, uh, I went to a, a church down in Florida where I lived that the pastor came that night. It was a Sunday night, and I remember him talking. It was not a scary message, but it was there is a reality of heaven and hell, and you've got to make a choice. And, and like I said, I was about 12 or 13, and I, I knew the answers. I knew what the criteria was for access to heaven, but did I – had I ever made that choice, and I had not, and I, I knew that I needed to. I needed to get that settled. And so that's kind of on, on a Sunday night uh, when he explained that God says, I'm, or Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So there was, I had to accept it or I had to not to. And there was just a choice to be made, and, and I, I knew what choice I wanted. Okay. Well... I appreciate you taking the time to let, let me pick your brain about Ironman Outdoors today. And uh, But before I let you go, uh, there's there's a new segment now that I finally have a guest that I've been itching to do uh, called Me Too. And the the reason I, I've called it Me Too is because it, it's, it's like 20 questions, but there's not 20 questions, so can't call it 20 questions. But uh, also... Uh, this is uh, good for the, the listeners also and the viewers. How much do you have in common with my guest? That's what we're going to find out. And now some of these questions might seem a little silly, a little off the wall, but why not? I mean, let, let's, let's just have it. fun. So <clears throat> first off, and now it, it, if you're listening – Keep track. See how many of your answers are the same as Ed's. And, you know, feel free if, if you're not in a crowded airport with your earbuds in to uh, to yell me too whenever he says the same answer that you've got. Uh, you know, if you've got your earbuds in at an airport and you want to do it anyway, go ahead. I, I don't care. Um, let folks think you're crazy. All right. So number one, do you keep toilet paper in your vehicle for emergencies and our on-the-whim adventures. I do, in the back left door. <laughs> Me too. All right. What is your preferred mode of camping? Hammock or other open air? Uh, tent or a camper slash RV? When I was younger, it was a tent, but now it's more of a camper. Okay. I'm I'm still, I'm tent or hammock. All, all the mm. way. Uh, now my my family, they're they're tent glampers. I mean, you could not tell the difference from the inside of our tent to an RV except for temperature. But uh, when we go, I mean, we've taken portable air conditioner units, mini fridges, lamps, tables, you name it. It's been inside the tent. But I just soon stretch out the hammock personally. All right. Now this one I've got to write down. So bear bear with me just a minute. <clears throat> Actually, you know what? We won't write it down. I'll just ask you. All right. Pronunciation. Crappy or crappie? Crappy. Okay. Me too. Outdoor or nature-related career that you would love to do? DNR. DNR. Game warden? Yeah. 
I've I've actually told somebody earlier today that uh, if I were to get back into law enforcement, that would be the only the only thing I would currently be interested in doing law enforcement wise. Mountains or beach? Mountains, definitely. Okay, so when you pack your your snacks for your outdoor adventures, for your for uh, your day in the stand or uh, morning out on the boat or, or hike, what what is a staple that you have to include? Granola bars. Granola bars, man, that's not even on my list. I'm gonna have to add that in my list. Um, jerky, vienna sausages, or trail mix. Vienna sausages. Okay. With a cracker. Now let me ask you this: Have you ever heard them? You're from South Carolina too. Yeah. Have you ever heard them called stand-up weenies? No. Okay. Well, that's that's what we call them at our church. Okay. So, um, <laughs> if you hear stand-up weenies, that's what folks are talking about okay. in in Lawrence anyway. Uh, now, what is? Do you keep up with bass tournaments, bass fishing, any at all? Not as much. Okay. No. Um, I know they they recently just changed MLF's rule from five fish limit to going back to if you catch it it counts kind of thing um if you were to put on a fishing tournament what what is a rule that you would put in place minimum two pound keeper okay what is your favorite bible story abraham abraham yeah to leave his country to leave How can you say God has not got a sense of adventure when he takes Abraham out and he has to go to a different land, leave what he's what he's grown up with, leave his home, leave his and go out and, and just by faith go take this place. So okay. Abraham. What is a outdoor related slang term that you've heard that you didn't know what it meant and either until it was explained to you? You had to look it up. Or you had to hear it over and over and over for it to finally click. Mm. Or, what is the funniest, silliest, craziest outdoor slang term that you can think of? I've heard guys refer to a doe as a slickhead. Okay. And that I've never heard that before. Hmm. Is that is that something that you've heard around here? Yeah. Huh. I, this is the first time I've ever heard that. Okay. So, but yeah. A friend of huh. mine down in Columbia area. <clears throat> uh, Guy, fellow co-worker, I, I said, what did you say? A slickhead. I said, ah, okay. Okay. <coughs> um, what is one outdoor skill or knowledge that you feel everyone should possess, every man or woman should, should possess, a skill or knowledge? A great sense of direction. Okay. What is an outdoor activity that you've never done, but you would be interested in learning more about or attempting at some point? Fly fishing. Fly fishing, really? Yeah. That just sounds like that just would be a lot of fun to do that. It, oh, it is. And I'm, it's, it's so much easier than, than people think. And uh, which I actually went uh, in an earlier episode, talks about my first time actually going fly fishing and I actually caught two red eye red eye bass. Ah. Um and had no clue what I was doing. I tried um, it one time with a guy up in North Carolina and I was in the trees more than I was in the water. 
Oh, I got so. you. Yeah, thankfully I was in a very, very wide spot of the river, okay. so I didn't have to. I got hung up once, but then I moved back out toward the middle. But uh, so, what uh, do you think is the most unique thing on your outdoor bucket list? If you have one, or if you don't, what would be something that you think not a lot of people would have on their list? done it once so i can't say it's a bucket list but being in a very remote remote place on snowmobiles okay i had a chance to go a little bit but i would like to do a more of an, <coughs> uh, a long-term trip on snowmobiling okay that was, it seems like it'd be a lot of fun like an overnight type trip yeah. with snow okay mm -hmm. that's cool that's cool um now canoe kayak paddle boat or stand-up paddle board canoe Canoe. Yeah. All right. And now this one, I do have a picture, if I can find it. Now, I'm on. You'll be able to see it already. But for the audience here, listeners, and for those of you who are not watching, uh, you'll you'll hear in just a moment what, what it is. But there are two terms for this. What, what, what is your term for this? Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Okay. So I'm a, I'm Bigfoot all the way, unless I'm trying to feel intelligent or look smart to somebody. Um, and this is actually a two-parter question. Does Sasquatch exist? No. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> well, like I said, this was just to be silly and to have some fun, so I appreciate you playing along. Um, I, I don't know how many times you guys said me too along. Uh, I, I said it a few times out loud. I said it several more times in my head. But uh, this is this is something that we'll keep doing with all of our guests in the future. Keep keep checking back with us. And uh, as of now, like I said, in the last episode, I believe, uh, at least through the end of 2023, we'll be looking at releasing episodes every other Friday. Life happens. I have five kids, full time job. This is a hobby, a ministry out of pocket for me. So. If I don't get it released on Friday, it, it will be sometime that weekend, but I will do everything within my power to have it out by about 4 or 5 o'clock Eastern time on Fridays. And uh, make sure you sign up to get notifications and alerts and, and that you're following us. Leave, leave me a review. If you don't like the content, that's fine. Shoot me an email. Let me know what you what you would like. I, I'll, I You know, I'm, I'm free change. I, I can change. I can... Um, Humor, folks. I have very thick skin. Uh, takes a lot to offend me. Give give me some good feedback. If you like what's going on, even better. Let me know. Leave some good reviews. But I got several other guests, good guests lined up. Got some great episodes in the works. So until next time, uh, keep on keeping on. <laughs>